Hi everybody, you're listening to the 35th episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP, where we talk about drinks, baseball, well baseball, drinks, and everything else under the sun. I'm DeCarlo Calloway alongside Doreen, and on today's podcast, we honor Decoration Day, whistle in the Bronx, review the Premier League team grades for the 2020-21 season, and chant ho-ho, Tony La Russa must go. So we're going to start off our episode like we do every single episode by introducing what it is that we are drinking while we are recording this beautiful podcast. So today I'm drinking OK beer. It's a Polish beer, which definitely has a more difficult pronunciation for the anglicized tongue as opposed to trying to say it in Polish. So I'm going to stick to OK beer. And it's not the first time I've actually had this beer. We have a pretty big Polish population in New York and Chicago and other major metropolitan cities across the United States. So wherever there's a Polish population, you will definitely find this beer. And I've had it in Greenpoint in Brooklyn while I've gone and uh, enjoyed Polish food at uh, many of the Polish eating establishments over there. And I have to say it's a nice touch to have on a on a beautiful day like it is today. So. That's what I'm taking, wetting my whistle with. What about you, Doran? What's going on, DiCarlo? I I think after I think after a few swigs of that okay Polish pale beer, you're gonna say it fluently, and you'll be able to say okasim, okachim. How do how do you spell the the okay beer? Um, it's O K O C I M. But the thing is, is that there's with Polish, well, there's, there's a lot there's no of logic. Accent. Well, it's a very it's a complicated. Uh, language mm. uh, but you know are okay. all languages to the uh unknown ear that's true but you're raising your your glass of polish pale beer okay and i've i've actually ventured out from just having a uh, good american local brewery what i did was I actually created my own concoction as it's getting hot here in the u.s and i decided to make my own drink and so what i've made is i've taken this bourbon whiskey from brothers bond straight bourbon whiskey it's from indiana and it has something to do with some guys who are on some show i have no idea they're a bunch of actors i don't know brothers brothers bond straight bourbon whiskey and i mixed it with some whole foods lemon raspberry italian sparkling mineral water what the hell are you talking about Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I mixed bourbon whiskey with some sparkling water from Italy. <laughs> like I said, it's my drink. It's effervescent. It's needed. It's hot in the U.S. It's, it's getting very hot. I'm having a drink. And, you know, I actually tested this out about a few days ago. I'm like, I don't want to be drinking this for a whole 30, 40, 50, 50 minutes if I'm not going to like it. And it's actually, it goes down very smooth. It's, it's not, I don't want to say the perfect summer drink, but it's a good summer drink. And by the time that this episode comes out it's gonna be memorial day weekend you know burgers beers i was gonna say fireworks but that's later on in the summer so i wanted to give a quick pointer about memorial day weekend memorial day weekend used to actually be called decoration day and decoration day was observed in the u.s from 1868 just a few years after the civil war until 1970 so it's within living memory for some people and decoration day was to honor the nation's dead fought in the civil war 
And so during Decoration Day, you would go to the graves of the soldiers and decorate them with flowers. And the funny thing is, the, the tie-in with Indiana and the bourbon whiskey that I'm, I'm drinking is the, the Grand Army of the Republic oppose the, the, in, the start, the commencement of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you know, NASCAR. We're not big NASCAR fans here, but they, back in 1911 is when the Indianapolis Motor Speedway started, and the Grand Army of the Republic said no because the Indianapolis Motor Speedway happens on Memorial Day weekend. So in 1971, Congress established Memorial Day. And so they broadened the net and said, we're going we're gonna to honor all armed services personnel who died uh, performing duties. And the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, which is November, is that Veterans Day honors those who have served or are serving in the armed forces. Memorial Day honors those who have been, who have, uh, died while performing duties. So cheers to Italian raspberry lemon sparkling water. Cheers to our awesome Polish pronunciation and uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. Awesome. And uh, the brother, the brother's bond, it's dudes from uh, Vampire Diaries. It's a show on the CW. Okay, there you go. It's very popular because it's on the CW. <laughs> Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know that that channel was still around. Oh, it's still around. It's, is that the one the uh, with the uh, questionable frog in well, uh, wow, blackface? Well, it, that's is what that it was the, the WB and then oh. they branded. So yes, yes, yes. So, so the frog is no longer in blackface. No, no, they got they they got rid of the okay. frog. Okay, uh, you know, yeah. Well, it's so interesting how many just like kind of side note. So interesting how many like old television networks used to like exist. Like you had UPN and then WB, and then they all kind of like morph and turn into so many other things. So you know, for all for only you know for those who actually remember, and then they can associate. It's like, oh, I used to watch a show on the WB, and it's like, oh, it, that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, for, you know. for those people who actually even watch network television anymore, <laughs> I know, right? nobody does that. No, no, it's all streaming now. I mean, even if you don't watch something on network television, you just catch it on the streaming platform the next day. So, yep. yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the next day, speaking of Memorial Day, listeners, send us a picture of what delicious food that you're going to grill, beer, liquor, smoothies, whatever you're going to drink. Send us a picture to our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040 and use the hashtag HBP drink isn't it great that with this memorial day we are saying you know and anticipating people celebrating taking photos of what they're grilling and, and having a good time you know compared to last year where we were sitting back and hoping that we'd be able to leave our house at some point <laughs> it's true yeah so that's a, lot. that's a beautiful thing and you know it makes it even more beautiful too the fact that we have baseball that we're discussing and that there will be baseball continue to be played over the weekend as well. So let's just start off talking about the baseball that took place. So especially I wanted, I wanted to highlight the series in the Bronx in New York uh, between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. And listeners can remember about a month or so ago, I predicted that these are the two teams that are going to face off in the American League Championship Series sometime in October. So this is the first time they played this year. They played on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 20th of May, 21st, and 22nd. And I, uh, it was a really good series. The, the Yankees swept. They won every single game, which is pretty surprising. But they, wow. won the, yeah, they won that first game back on the 20th of May, 2-1. to one. And then 
in that game, the Chicago White Sox pitcher, uh, Carlos Rondon, Carlos Rondon, he's Mr. 305 because he's from Miami. That's right. He's, he is the unofficial cousin to Mr. Worldwide Pitbull. Carlos Rondon, I don't know. I don't know if they're actually related. I'm just talking nonsense. Carlos Rondon struck out 13 Yankees in that game, and somehow the White Sox still lost. It was incredible. There were so many great plays by both teams, by Jose Abreu, the, the first baseman in the Chicago White Sox, the New York Yankees left fielder Aaron Judge. He, 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 he tricked. I was going to say he juked out, but he juked, but that's like basketball or football terminology. But he faked out Nick Madrigal, the, the, the second baser from the White Sox, that Aaron Judge was like just – the Yankees were on defense, and he, Judge is a left fielder, and he's just like jogging to the ball, pretending that he, that he just couldn't get to the ball. And he's turned on the speed, and he caught a fly ball. Madrigal was already on first base, and he was, gonna, and he was going to the second base. So Judge caught it on the bounce – and then he immediately threw out Madrigal on second base for the force out because Madrigal was like, well, I don't know if Judge is going to get to it. And it was, it was a brilliant defensive heads up, such a smart play by, by Aaron Judge, which he's an underrated left fielder. He really is. I've seen him make some really interesting, some really good athletic plays because the guy's like six foot. He's like 15 feet tall. Okay. He's six foot four. No, he's not. He's like six foot eight. Oh really? Or no, six seven. So yeah, yeah. He's right. six yeah. seven. He could be playing power forward for the Brooklyn Nets, but instead he's playing left field for there. He could be playing tight end in the NFL, and instead yeah. he's playing left field for the for the for the New York Yankees. And he's uh, you would think he's like Frankenstein. I am Frankenstein. I walk three miles an hour, and he's pretty athletic. So tip of the hat to Aaron Judge. Tip of the hat to Jose Abreu, who also had a heads up play. Throw, uh, having a throw to, to, to home to save a, a run in the, the bottom of the third inning. And the New York Yankees, they had a tr- they turned a triple play, which isn't, which isn't done every week or every, every game, at the top of the ninth inning. Like when no the, hitters. Yeah, no, they're even rarer than no hitters. The Yankees turned a triple play in the top of the ninth inning with the game tied 1-1, and the White Sox had runners on first and second with, obviously, no outs. That was a stab in the heart right there. And then, of course, Glaber Torres, the, the shortstop for the New York Yankees, at the bottom of the ninth, he drove in the winning run. Torres had a really good weekend series against the White Sox. So that, that, game, that, that game on the 20th of May was fantastically played. If every game was close to that, baseball would be so much more popular. And then on Saturday, the main event, the 800-pound gorilla, not Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, the pitcher from the New York Yankees. I've watched his last two starts this past the 21st of May against the White Sox, and then the week before against the Rays. The guy's a, the guy's a beast. He's a beast. He's unhittable. He's untouchable. He pitched seven innings. He gave up four measly hits, walked three, and he actually only, air quotes, he only struck out seven. Usually, Garrett, Garrett Cole's striking out like 10, 15 guys every start, but he only struck out seven. He was awesome. And normally, Garrett Cole strikes out a bunch of people. I just said that. DeCarlo, you're a Yankees fan. You are the resident Yankee expert here. Why in the world at Yankee Stadium do they play that annoying-ass whistle, The like, like no, you mentioned? The, oh, it's the D.C. Richards and so like. 
No, 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 no. It's not that it goes when when the opposing when the opposing when an opposing batter against the Yankees strikes out, when the Yankees pitcher strikes someone out, the, the announcers play that. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Why the hell do they do that? It's like you guys out. What do you think? But I've never heard at any other stadium doing something that annoying. I hate that noise. Well, it's New York. Like, come on. Like, you have to you have to keep in mind with cities and, and teams like the Yankees, they're going to try to find ways to be synonymous, especially when it comes to annoying the hell out of the opposing. <laughs> or, or one of the greatest baseball podcasts in all of podcastdom, HBP. No, it's just annoying you. It's not bothering me. It is. I hate, I hate that noise, people. If any of you watch Yankees game when they're playing at home in the Bronx, anytime an opposing batter strikes out, they play. It's like, why? Anyways, but like DeCarlo just told it, it's just to annoy people, specifically me. That the Yankees exist to annoy me. Or the or the stadium announcer exists to annoy me. But anyways. The it, this this game on the twenty first wasn't that good. The Yankees won seven to nothing. It wasn't really that competitive because Garrett Cole, the Yankees pitcher, is such a badass. He just he shut it down. And again, Glaber Torres had a I don't want to say he had a monster. He had a really good weekend. In the three games, he had eight hits out of just twelve at bats, and he drove in eight runs to Carlo. He was awesome. He was awesome. And I know he's been going through a rough patch. But uh, it may be it, it may be turning around for for your boy Glaber Torres because the uh, he, he's he's been struggling. And then finally on Sunday on the twenty second of May the Yankees won another close game five to four. This is where something scary happened at the top of the top of the fourth inning. The Chicago White Sox designated hitter, the rookie, the germinator, Yedmin Mercedes. We talked about him a few weeks ago. The man that has his own burger on the south side of Chicago. He was hit in the back of the head, back of the head by the New York Yankees pitcher, uh, Jameson. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, DiCarlo. Taylon? Tylion? I, I don't know. Some guy. One of the Yankees pitchers, James. James Tylon. Tylon. I don't know. It's very weird. So the New York Yankees pitcher, J- Jameson Taylon, at the top of the fourth inning, he threw a breaking ball that didn't break. It just kept going. And Yet Mingman said this, he's a right-handed batter, and he saw it. He ducked down, and he, thank God, he turned his head, and the ball went right in the back of his head. But thankfully, it was it was on the, you know, the helmet that they used. So it hit him on the helmet, and he obviously he went down, and it was very scary. And obviously, the, the trainers for the New York, for the New York, for the Chicago White Sox rushed out. Thank goodness it didn't actually hit his neck or his face or anything like that. And he actually stayed in the game. Yet Mingman said this, thankfully. But when things like that happen, I obviously I'm not a professional baseball player. I think why in the world aren't these play batters going up with every single protection that they can? The something to protect their elbow, their ankle, the the extra thing that goes over your face. Because a lot of these guys just go with the old school one that that the the the, the, the batting helmet that goes around your head. But some of these guys do one that goes over the, your jaw, basically. And um it is. I, I, I can't imagine seeing a 90-mile-an-hour breaking ball coming at you, and there's very little you can do. But thankfully, yeah, I mean, I said this was okay. So, uh, like I said, it was the Yankees won 5-4. to four. The top of the ninth inning, the White Sox tied the game by another really – the funny thing is the White Sox have another really good rookie who's been overshadowed shadowed by 
you, you had me made say this. And that rookie is the left fielder, Andrew Vaughn. He hit a solo home run to tie the game. But at the bottom of the ninth inning, the White Sox relief pitcher, Liam Hendricks, he walked Aaron Judge, the six foot eight left fielder for the New York Yankees. And he, um, what do you call it? The Yankees won basically on, on a walk off walk. So I expect they're going to play what the, the White Sox and the Yankees are going to play one more time in Chicago. I believe it's in July. And after that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, and Miss Cleo also told me, these two teams are going to play in the playoffs for the right to go to the playoffs. But I give high marks, high marks to the shortstop of the New York Yankees, Glaber Torres, because he was awesome this weekend. And there's a lot of marks that are going to be given out as well in other sports across the pond. Yeah, so this past weekend, we saw a collective end to pretty much every soccer league, like European soccer league, but today we're going to discuss the Premier League and discuss some of the grades that we're giving to some of the notable teams. So NBC Sports put out a list just giving grades for Premier League teams. And like all like soccer leagues ending last day of the season, there's always these hijinks that changes the dynamic to a degree that completely make or breaks, you know, certain team seasons. Not, not so with the relegation battle this year. Like it was pretty certain who was getting relegated. It was – um, Sheffield United, Fulham, and um, West Brom, West Brom is Albion, and that was pretty known from the start. But who was gonna fill out the final two Champions League spots, which ended up being Liverpool coming in third and Chelsea coming in fourth, with Leicester City losing against Tottenham, and uh, Chelsea, even though, even though Chelsea lost. They still got in on point total and goal differential. And Liverpool definitely salvaged their season because at one point we were talking about whether or not, you know, Liverpool was losing its thunder because they were losing games left and right in March. But considering they did have a terrible amount of injuries to key personnel in defense and the midfield and having you know, a crisis of confidence with some of their – their front three with Sadio Mane, even though he did end his season with in double digit totals and goals, it was lower than he has been within the last like maybe four or five seasons. Roberto Firmino didn't have a very good uh, goal return, return goal rate, which you would expect as somebody leading the front line. And then Mohamed Salah, he, he put up decent numbers again, but so let's just go through some of these, uh, these grades and let's see nope. what we think. Before we do that, probably you know, I'm listening to you and you're you're naming all these players on Liverpool. And I I love English football, English soccer, and I've haven't been following it as much as I've I, I used to. And you're naming all these names, and I'm thinking DeCarlo could could quite figuratively be making up names. And you would know. And and I, and I would be like, oh, that that sucks for that guy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and and the the left back, uh, Fred Flintstone, he had a really bad season. He you know he 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 got a broken ankle. <laughs> sure. Jet, you know George Jetson, he was really bad in goalkeeping, and it was just we just got to trade him or not trade him, uh, let him go. <laughs> so yeah, so Liverpool. You know they're the un- now they're the uncrowned champions because Manchester Manchester City won the championship. But yes, they did. Yeah, they I'm ran glad, away with the damn thing. I'm glad that you're repping the English Premier League for our listeners because uh, that's how I keep up. All right. 
So um, just some grades. So Manchester City was given an A, which of course they walked they went away with the championship. So that that seems to make total sense. Um, Manchester United it was given a B, and I, I could see this. They came in second, but they really weren't overwhelming. It wasn't to the extent that they really ended up with a season that just really was memorable. It was they they did what they needed to do. And the other teams really and, just didn't, you know, do as well. I mean, and, they did have Bruno Fernandez who had a really good season, but other than that, it was kind of just like, eh. you know. But Manchester United did make did make it. Manchester United did make it to the finals of, of the, the Europa. Europa League, and, and they lost. lost on penalties, yeah. eleven to ten, which is that's going ridiculous. deep. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, second place in the league against a historically great team and. Runners up, even though it hurts in the Europa League. I mean, it's, you said historically it's okay. great. Let's let's kind of like take that back. Manchester City has only gone on this run in the last like ten years. They didn't have like a, a heavy pedigree. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the, I'm saying the way that Manchester City performed in this season. I, oh. That's what I meant. I mean, a historically great champion in the grand eh, scheme of things. No, they, they ended up with they were. This isn't the best Manchester. This isn't the best Manchester City champion. No, but they still. Anyways, they, they were a very good. Um, let let me rephrase. A very good champion. Yeah, they, go on. Uh, yeah, they were a good champion. Go on, say. school. Go on, professor. All right, so we got Liverpool B plus. They salvaged their season, considering that they what was it like almost like three weeks ago they were projected to possibly not even make the Europa League. So to be able to make it into the Champions League definitely helps them, especially with their finances too, because that money. If you don't make the Champions League, make or break whether or not you retain your star talent. So, and we're seeing that with uh, another team who will be great in a second. Leicester City got an A minus, though they gave it, though they lost it in the last couple of games and ended up outside of the Champions League spots. You have to give Leicester City credit over these past years since 2015-16 when they came out of nowhere and won the cha- the the title. They've really been consistent, and after. You know, even with having Brendan Rodgers as their manager, who's a former Liverpool manager, they, they've, they've carved themselves out a decent role within the Premier League. They're definitely ones who are punching above their weight. Not even punching above their weight. They just have a really good system and good team. Uh, Arsenal, D. They were just terrible this year. They ended, I think, in eighth place in the league this year. And, I mean, they have a young squad. Mikel Arteta is a young manager, but it's Arsenal. They they really are just not of the same quality as they once were, at least not now. Hopefully, within the coming season, you know, coming years, they'll be able to develop into a stronger side. But uh, yeah, they finished twenty five points from the champions. Wow! Uh, yeah, eighth, eighth between first and eighth was uh, a gulf. Yeah, that's a big gap. Uh, Leeds United got an A, which you know what? Kudos to them. This was anybody is a fan of English soccer. Leeds used to be a powerhouse squad, but then they just had bad ownership, which put them in very bad financial straits, and they were scrounging for quite a while, and they made it to the Premier League. They were one of the teams who actually came in after last season. So for them to have, I think they, what did they end up, seventh or ninth or something? No, it was like tenth or something like that. I got to double check. But they, they did well, and I was happy for them. And, you know, they have an Argentinian manager in Marcelo Bielsa who, you know, for him, he was expressing how it was difficult for him because he doesn't speak English. 
and you're trying to coach the English team. Like, he has his pitfalls, but he did carve out a really good squad out there. Tottenham got a D. Mind you, they started the season with Jose Mourinho as the manager, and he is not the manager now. Um, it's just interesting to see who they end up with. It's very likely Harry Kane, their star striker, and also 2020-21 uh, season Golden Boot winner is likely to leave the club. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Plus, you have uh, talent like Sung Young Kim and uh, Delhi Ali, who has, you know, has been squandering. In the, well, Sung Young Kim had a great season, but Delhi Ali's been squandering this last couple of seasons, at least playing under Mourinho. Um, Aston Villa got a B plus because they maintained a good, uh, good season this year and did well. And West Ham United got an A plus. They were competing for Champions League spots pretty much almost all throughout the season. They ended up in sixth place. But um, David Moyes did a really good job with that squad. I think David Moyes, you know, it's good for him now that he found a team that he's able to, to build up and develop. Because, yeah, he was – there's a lot of high hopes for him when he was the manager at Everton. And I think when Sir Alex Ferguson appointed him as his successor at United – I think that kind of stifled him a bit. That pressure must have really got to him. But I think Moyes, managerial-wise, is one of those managers who's, who does well with mid-level teams and can build them up. But I don't think he could handle the, the rigors and the pressure that will come with a, a top Sheffield United squad. Yeah, yeah like he's, he's going to play. With the, Eintracht, with the Eintracht Frankfurt, he can't handle his pressures. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Eintracht Frankfurt, we're going to the Bundesliga now, seriously. But uh, – but yeah, so it was a this season. Considering that there were no fans, and you know that you definitely could tell made a huge difference in the gameplay too. Like for a team like Man City, who is just very about the business, about the system, they can go out and play anywhere and still going to carve out points and become champions or at least compete for titles. Now, teams that need that 12th man in that stadium, like a Liverpool, like Arsenal, um, they're going to get hurt by that because for them, you know, they, they're passionate. There's a passion that comes with the fans going to the stadium. And then if you look at Liverpool, even with their manager, Jurgen Klopp, he's somebody who helps feed that energy with the, with the, the fans. So it definitely took away from that. And I think you also saw that in the point totals. Additionally, I think a lot of players within – soccer in general we're really just tired because if you think about how the seasons from last year in 2019 2020 seasons were stopped and then restarted months later and only for the Europe, elite only for the elite my friend only yes. for the elite that were actually in like the quarter and semifinals of the champions league last year yeah that's true um so sheffield united and leeds didn't have those problems well and they still have to play Arsenal. they still have to play games though like i mean it wasn't like the season they, were over yeah they, did there Arsenal play league? into August? Yes, because everybody did. The season didn't end until August because they oh, stopped okay. them in March. Yeah, it was yeah, in the yeah. middle of the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Cool. But the seasons themselves played out through the summer, and then they started right back. So they really didn't have much time to recover. And I think you could tell that just based upon the fact that there were t- like the point totals were so low in these, in these um, leagues this year. You know what, my friend? You're mentally sharp right now. And that tells me you haven't been drinking enough of that okay Polish no, beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because these last couple of shows, I've been a little bit, yeah, you could tell I was a little inebriated, but, oh, whatever. And I'm drinking, and this time I'm drinking the harder stuff. I don't know if people heard me, but I'm pouring out myself, like, my little 
third drink from the, my concoction. But go on, talk, talk, tell me but, more about yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm keeping uh, it chill because these last couple of days, man, especially with the nice weather, I've been drinking a lot of rose champagne. So that's beautiful. Yeah, man, it's really nice. But uh, so yeah, but we'll see. It's nice. We got the Euros coming up over the summer. Champions League final, Man City against Chelsea. I, who do you have going for that? Like, I know you're going to say Come on, my friend. You already know who I'm pulling for in the cha- in the Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously, think Chelsea obviously, could I, do an upset. Obviously, I'm going for Aberdeen. Obviously. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Aberdeen is a, is a football club in Scotland. No, I'm not. Even, I don't know anything about them. Obviously, Aberdeen. I'm going for Manchester City. The greatest club in all the land and all the world. Even more so than Barcelona? <laughs> at, the, at the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I love Manchester City. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, DiCarlo gives out ratings for all these clubs in England. And they're also, when, when you're looking to go out to a new restaurant, a new dinner with your partner, or by yourself or with friends, you always look up on the internet machine to see what Yelp and Google and all these places have, what their rating is. And that's when we bring in our show sponsor. Yeah, so today's show sponsor is Lil John's Steak and Tech. Hello, everybody. My name is Lil John. You know, when you see me, you might not think I'm really that little, but, uh, you know, everybody call me Lil John. Anyway, I want to let you know about the little steak, steak and Tech joint I got over here. It's Lil John's Steak and Tech. We make sure we strip it, kill it, and fry it up for you, put it nice on a nice hunger roll with some lettuce, tomato, pick an onion, with a little bit of cheese on it as well. Now, any type of sauce you want to put on that, you put it on a little temperature, you put it on a little barbecue, or a little, little ketchup, and it's great. So make sure next time you roll around in Cleveland, Akron, uh, Tallahassee, Schenectady, and Bakersfield, you find a little John Steak and Take. Little John Steak and Take. Take that damn steak, eat it, boy. We want to thank the delicious food at Little John, Little John's Steak and Take. I am slightly concerned, DiCarlo, that we love all our sponsors here on HPP, but I'm slightly concerned that Little John's Steak and Take is not represented in the Tri-State area. What tri-state you talking about, though? I mean, it says it's Connecticut. New York, New York. Oh, did you say Connecticut? I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the Connecticut part. Okay, no, the so. Connecticut. It's Connecticut. That's that's the home of uh, General Electric. It's in upstate New York, right out. It's in the capital. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't catch. Sorry, I was drinking, and uh, it's, it's this. The brothers have bonded to Dorian's liver right now. If you have other people, <laughs> the brothers are attacking my my liver and my uh, cognizant cognitive. Cog that too. That too. Mm. Anyways, we love Lil John Steak and Take here, but in our next segment, Unsolicited Advice, there's somebody who doesn't love what we're about to say. I'd like to welcome all you ignorant-ass bitches, critics, complainers, disgruntled rappers, and racists especially. That being, (laughs) by the way, that is from one of the greatest shows of the 21st century. The Chappelle Show on the Play a Haters episode. I think that was uh, season two. In our segment, unsolicited advice. Tony Larusa. I don't know how many times we had to say this. We said this a lot in the off season that 
Tony Larissa was not the man for this job. We asked the owner of the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, to not hire him because of his drinking and driving issues. There's really no other way to say it. But now, I, the baseball season is about six weeks old. By the way, people, let, let, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I need to step back. This actually happened about two weeks ago. But DiCarlo could, is my, is, he knows this. He's my witness. He is my witness. I was so heated in episode 34 last week that I could not do this. I couldn't do this segment because I was so heated against Tony LaRusso. We're going to get in our time machine here. We're going to get our DeLorean and we're going to go, what is it, 60 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour? 80 miles an hour, I'm going to say. Go back to the 17th of May. The Chicago White Sox are playing up in Minnesota against the Minnesota Twins. The Chicago White Sox rookie designated, designated here, Yedmin Mercedes, who we talked about 10 minutes ago, who we've talked about episodes ago because he has his own burger named after him on the south side of Chicago. He hit a home run. It's a, that's a good thing, right? When your player hits a home run, thumbs up, that's a good thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. But not for Chicago White Sox manager Tony Russo. At that time, the White Sox were leading the Twins 15 runs to four. It was the top of the ninth inning, and it was a 3-0 count. So there were three balls, no strikes. If the pitcher had pitched on the thrown another bad pitch, Mercedes would have walked and he would have been on first base. This is when the usual nonsense BS of unwritten rules comes in. Mercedes, he hit, he hit a home run, a solo home run. Look, the, they, the twins knew they'd lost this game. Again, they were down 14 to four at that time, at that moment, they put in a position player to throw. The position player was throwing 45 miles an hour. I don't know what that is in kilometers, but I'm telling you, it's very slow because normally big league pitchers throw about in the 90s. So that's about 72 kilometers an hour, which is not fast at all. Normally, you know, you have a big league pitcher throwing at 146 kilometers an hour, about 91 miles an hour, right? Obviously, Mercedes, he's an awesome rookie, hits a home run. And then that same night, LaRusa is pissed off. He says, that was a big mistake by Mercedes. Quote, the fact that he's a rookie and excited helps explain why he was, why he just was clueless. But now he's got a clue, end quote. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony Montana, Tony LaRusa. What the hell's wrong with you? That's your player. You guys are winning and you're mad. Yermin Mercedes said after the game, quote, I'm always doing Yermin. For that reason, I'm right here right now. You guys are talking to me right now. If I'm not Yermin, if I'm not doing that, nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to know what I'm doing. And it's quote. very interesting. It's almost like the old school approach to sit down, boy. Stupid, stupid yeah. approach. Yeah, it's terrible. Darlo, look, those baseball fans who are listening know that at the end of the season, a lot of these players are arbitration eligible. Arbitration means that you're still a young player 
And so you have to go to an arbiter, uh, air quote, independent person, a judge, a lawyer. So the, 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 your big league club, your employer says, hey, yeah, Ming, um, you had a good season, but you didn't have that good enough season. We're saying we only have to pay you a million dollars next season. And you as the player, the baseball player and your agent, you put in a request saying, no, I actually deserve 1.8 million. And the arbiter sits down and looks at your stats and compares you with other people at your position. In this case, he had Ming Mercedes is a designated hitter. And so his statistics will be compared against other designated hitters. And let's say he hits 29 home runs, right? And the average designated hitter hits 30 home runs. The arbiter at the uh, in the offseason is going to rule in favor of the Chicago White Sox, the employer, because it's like, you know what, you didn't hit 30 home runs because that's the average of designated hitters. If he if Mercedes hadn't hit that home run off of that position player, throwing 45 miles an hour or whatever, 79 miles, 79 kilometers an hour ball, he would lose, he potentially will lose the money in the offseason. It's nonsense. Major League Baseball has gone through this whole marketing of uh, let the kids play, let's have fun, let's make Major League Baseball fun or whatever. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting animated here. So, look, LaRusso La also said, quote, MLB wants to, MLB meaning Major League Baseball, MLB wants to encourage theatrics and they want players to have fun. I talked to a bunch of my counterparts Ooh, a bunch of dinosaurs. If everyone is doing it, then no one can get upset, end quote. I hate that LaRusso is so against having fun to call. I hate that the next day, the next day on the 18th of May, the Minnesota Twins reliever, Tyler Duffy, as a symbolism, he threw behind, behind Mercedes. He didn't want to hit him, but he threw behind him in the top of the seventh inning. What did our unfavorite manager say, Tony LaRusso? Quote, I wasn't that suspicious. I'm suspicious when someone throws at someone's head, end quote. Quote, I didn't have a problem with how the twins handled that, end quote. LaRusa didn't defend his players or even get upset or pissed off that his player was thrown at. And like I said, this happened back on the 18th of May. Two or three days later, inadvertently, the New York Yankees hit the Edwin Mercedes in the back of the head. So look, the, the, the point of the story is that I'm upset that LaRusa didn't defend. He, ref he didn't defend. He refused to defend his player when the opposing pitcher threw at him. What? Is, this is not a joke. This, again, we had said earlier in the podcast, these are 90, 95, 100 mile an hour balls coming at you. You don't give, it doesn't give you that much time to react. So LaRusa and his dinosaur mindset of, this is the way things used to be back in the 1960s. This is the way that things used to be back in the 1300s. This is how baseball plays. People, this is the 21st century. It's 2021. Baseball is different. But we have people who are different than 
Tony La Russa because later on last week, on the 20th of May, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays were playing at Baltimore against the Orioles. The Rays were winning 9-1, to top of the ninth inning. The Rays shortstop, Joey Wendell, he hit a solo home run against the Orioles, who had already put in, put in a position player. Their center fielder, Steve Wilkinson. Wilkerson was throwing 45 miles an hour. Again, it's about – these are just position players. They're not – the Orioles basically is, are waving the white flag. Joey Wendell, he's like, I'm going to take that 45-mile-an-hour gas and hit a home run. He did it. The Rays manager, Kevin Cash, who I think is the best manager in baseball, what was his, what was his reaction when Joey Wendell hit the, hit the home run? He gave him a high five. That's what you're supposed to do. The very next day, on the 21st of May, the Pittsburgh Pirates were in Atlanta playing the Braves. The Braves were winning 15 to nothing. That's in foot in football soccer terms, that's like winning five, seven to nothing. In American football, that's like winning like 50 to nothing. So the Braves were winning 15 to nothing in the bottom of the eighth inning, and the bases were loaded. The bases were loaded. The Pirates again waved the white flag. And they put in a position player, their infielder, Wilmer Defoe, to pitch. They're like, we are obviously not winning this game. Go pitch this, get three outs, and let's get the heck out of here. The Braves batter, Adrianza, he hit a grand slam, and he made it 19-0. to zero. That is, like, obscene, the amount of runs that they run, the, the amount of runs that there are in one game. The Atlanta Braves manager who is not a spring chicken, Brian Snicker. He's 65 years old. And you know what he did? Nothing. He's like, okay, well, we're win- now we're winning 19-0. He wasn't like Tony La Russa. He's like, oh, how dare my player hit a home run when we're up by this much. So Tony La Russa, it, I, I honestly thought that after six weeks, I'm like, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he's not going to ruin this young, talented, insanely talented Chicago White Sox team. But uh, who knows? It's only six weeks. And you do this ugly thing about it's okay to be throwing at my players because someone threw a someone threw a, a, a ball at him. So my unsolicited advice again to Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago White Sox, fire Tony La Russa. I am not a fan of him. DiCarlo, do you know who we're a fan of? new listeners we love our listeners here and especially the new ones and we love the loyal ones as well but we love new ones as well we want to give a shout out to new listeners to carla this gets me excited we we are misters worldwide we have new listeners in bogota colombia in south america and we have four one two three four new listeners in vietnam Carlo, do you know? I didn't know this. Like, we as Americans, we think it's called Vietnam, and we spell it Vietnam. But actually, you're supposed to you're supposed to spell it Viet, and then Nam, Vietnam. So, uh, yeah, that's like, you know, oh, that's interesting. No, I didn't oh, know that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So we want to give a shout out to our our one listener in Hanoi, 
another listener in Ho Chi Minh City. Hanoi is in the north of Vietnam. I, I've been to Hanoi seven, eight, ten years ago. I don't remember. It's absolutely beautiful. I loved it. And in Carlo, in Hanoi, they have lager breweries because the Vietnamese bought lager breweries from the Czech Republic. Now we call it Czech Republic, but back then it was Czechoslovakia. We're talking about what, 30 years ago when they fall the, the iron 1991. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So the Vietnamese, it was like, oh, Czechoslovakia needs money. Not that, you know, whatever. They just like, hey, we want to buy your breweries because the Czechoslovakians back then and still, and today, both Czech Republic and Slovakia make great beer. We want to buy your brewery unpack it and bring it all the way to Vietnam across the world. And they actually have really good uh, bloggers in Hanoi in the north of, of, uh, of Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh City, which uh, used to be called many, many years ago, um, Saigon. Now it's called Ho Chi Minh City. Also a shout out to our listener in, please do not be offended by our horrible Vietnamese pronunciation. Long Long Din, DiCarlo, do you have any idea how this pronounced? No, because if I say it, it's going to sound like a bad potty joke. <laughs> okay. And lastly, we also have a listener in... Me. Me. What's that again? By the way, we, we, we called in our HBP bullpen, our super brainiac smart research associates. Me. Me. I have no idea where that is in Vietnam. I love Vietnamese food. I love Vietnam. Thank you. Columbia, Vietnam, Washington, D.C., New York, Chicago, Miami, everywhere. All our listeners, we love you. Send us a picture of you listening to this wonderful episode. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. We love your pets. Send us a picture of your pets as well. Use the hashtag. HB pets, HBP ETS. All right. And that is a wrap for the 35th episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, follow us on Twitter at HBP4040, and our drinks will be in the show notes. And also, if you want to tag us on stuff and, you know, bring us out of hibernation to discuss sports please make sure you do so and of course make sure you join us next time for a brand new episode of hbp ifs baseball podcast peace